Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Who's having a little red October going on right now? (laughs) Yes, it's a good month. It's a good month. A lot of good things are happening. I'm uh, excited to cover a bunch of these things. Uh, A a bit of business real quick. You know, uh, we're not only KSCO 1080, but we're also KOMY. 1340. And the reason why I say that is, is uh, right now, temporarily, we are not on KSCO at night, uh, but we are in, on uh, KOMY 1340. 1340. So, yeah, just uh, if, you're, if you're listening to us, you're either hearing us from 1340 or you're online. Yeah, and we want to remind our listeners that we also are on wakethebearradio.com and we are on Rumble and we're on BitChute and we have some Podbeam going on so it is an ex- you've got some alternatives here yeah yep. lots of ways to listen to wake the bear radio and we're all we just want to thank all of our listeners people out there that are listening that are calling in i think probably tonight we'll take a few calls towards the end but we just really appreciate you guys listening we really believe that um, this is a group effort we're going to wake up california we're going to wake up the bear together we're not going to do it alone um, you're part of this movement, and so let's do this thing. Let's get it done together. Amen. Amen. Hey, speaking of waking up, uh, Brandon, you were you did some things this week that are going to hopefully wake up others. Um, oh man, I I saw the movie about a week and a half ago. The movie Super Spreader. Um, Sean Foyt, the story of Sean Foyt and the rise of lettuce worship. Sean Foyt was a worship leader that said, you know what? If we're not allowed to, you know, if they're trying to shut us down in worship, we're going to go out in the streets. And he did 86 cities in one year. Wow. Including Portland. I mean, they were attacked by Antifa. And all they were doing was just worshiping God. And Antifa attacked them and sprayed them. And, I mean, and he just says, listen, if we, we either believe in this God who will protect us and guard us and guide us, or we don't. And so I'm just singing. I'm just doing what our songs that we sing about are actually doing, which is getting out the gospel through worship. And, uh, okay, so he created the movie that um, it is awesome. I saw it. I, I cried six times. There's, there's footage in there. Gavin Newsom is in the movie. Okay. Oh, there you go. Somehow oh, I don't know. think he's worshiping with Sean he, Foyt, though. He, he's not worshiping the God of the Bible for sure. Um, but Sean Foyt was standing up against these mandates. And basically every... Um, uh, every major uh, tyrant in, in, in history in the last hundred years has used public safety as a reason to take away people's rights. And that's what this whole movie is about, is how they used public safety to tell churches that they couldn't sing, but you could keep open the bars and the dance hall. You, know, you could keep open these strip other clubs, things. Strip that's clubs, right. but you couldn't sing in church. Marijuana and, dispensaries. And he was like, dude, yeah. we can't sing in church. Like, that's, that, that's 90% of what we do in church is sing. And so he just came against it. His, something rose up in his spirit. Yeah. It's his whole story of the challenges they faced and the, 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 some people on his team that had friction. It, it's really well done. And so Super Spreader, we're going to show the movie, an exclusive showing of Super Spreader at Convergence Center here on 3775 Capitola Road at the Convergence Center, Santa Cruz Convergence, the old Takara building in the Capitola Mall. We're showing it this Friday night at 630. Love you to get online. Oh, I'll be there. I'm, Me I'm too. coming. I'm going to get a ticket. There's tickets. That, that, the way they're putting it out is like a regular movie. You take it, buy a ticket, come see it. Um, uh, you can find the, those tickets um, on Santa, or actually on wakethebearradio.com. We will put it up. It's Faith Content Network Super Spreader. So we'll put the link that you can buy direct for our Friday night Show. Uh, show. So Exclusive in Santa Cruz. It's been shown over in the hill. It's no longer in theater, so it's like the one exclusive time you can see it in Santa Cruz. So come check it out. Now tell us again why, how it got its name. Uh, because they were trying to call um, worship events super spreader events. And of course, the gospel, <laughs> <laughs> they're super spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, not super spreading um, sickness. And by the way, not one of their many events was any COVID outbreaks ever traced to any of their events. Amen. Yeah, so, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So well, awesome. Uh, anything else this week? It seems like this week has been a pretty busy week in the news. The news cycle has been, I don't know, it's got me looking every day like, what happened today? What well, happened today? there's a movement of Democrats leaving the Democratic Party. Walk away while you can, Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> she had she was very articulate when she was uh, making her announcement. She left the Democratic Party, and she was uh, stating that um, 
The Dems are controlled by the cabal. I think Ron has a, a little um, audio of her because she really was uh, her own best spokesman. Come on. Yeah, yeah. she was lit. I'll, yeah. Actually, you know, what caught my eye first was uh, the Babylon Bee. It said that with Tulsi Gabbard out of the Democratic Party, the title of hottest Democrat goes to, <laughs> back to Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> oh, gosh. So that, <laughs> but anyway, oh, this is uh, Tulsi's, what, what she says, why she left. Loading it up. There we go. And I got a buffering issue here. Tulsi Gabbard, you know, interesting. I want all, I want Democrats and Republicans to vote. We want to get out the vote. That's kind of our theme tonight, get out the vote. You know why I want to get out the vote? Because I really believe there's a bunch of Democrats out there that are going to vote the opposite. Because a lot of people are leaving the Democratic Party. Or they're at least, now they're already registered as Democrat, they're going to have to vote. So get out the vote. Especially when it comes... Complete control there we go. of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Wow. Yeah, Come definitely. On. I mean, she just hits to the heart of the matter there, you know. She sounds like Trump speaking about why yeah. he's running for office. Like, well, I'm in a dilemma because of it. Because I always tell people, hey, I, you know, I, I can find the good in, in both parties. You know, I'm, I'm tr always trying to. And, and then the one, the one for the Democrat left the Democratic Party. So wow. now I have to start looking again. It's because it's become too Marxist. Yeah. The Democratic Party is Marxist. This is, there's not a, um, an equal... Uh, balance here at all i mean yeah you, you're, no. you're basically being you have to pick between life and death the choice on the ballot is life or death basically in almost every situation yeah that's got to wake up some dems though when uh she's very articulate she's uh, she's a classy lady and for someone who is representing the voice of uh the middle of the road dems um, there are, I don't think she's going to be the only one leaving. I think she's going to begin to lead. She's going to spearhead some movement. And I'm excited to see others follow behind her. Now, she doesn't say she's leaving the Democratic Party for the Republican Party, does she? No. She just says no. she's leaving. And I think, um, I don't think that's a bad sign. You know, we, we've long known there's a one-party system and this right. is a great chance for a dividing line to come in and maybe some some popular populous kind of party people the people's party mm -hmm. who knows might just rise up from from her and maybe even some um some republicans who are a little bit of um tired of the the rhinos she's yeah. an ex-military too right i don't know mm -hmm. to be honest you know, what I like about her is that you have an image of what it could be like, a Democrat could be like, right. just like uh, Kanye West. You know, before Kanye West was wearing that uh, Make America Great hat, I really had a hard time picturing an African-American wearing such a thing mm -hmm. or, or standing with Trump, even though I knew that Trump had a ton of friends, you know, um, back in the day, the acorn days, you know, when he was right. younger. That, I mean, he won all these awards, awards yeah, for, for philanthropy uh, for the African-American community. But, you know, I, I had a hard time. And when I saw Kanye, I'm like, it is possible. Right. And so, and speaking of Kanye, you know, he was on this week. As oh, well. yeah. He was on yeah, Fox News, Carlton. right? Yeah. I'm just going to play a short clip. Oh, yeah. That was it, amazing. It was an hour long, but I'll just play it like 30 seconds. Kanye West. Just, yeah. I was, uh, you I was know. being told he couldn't say what he really thought. So it drove me crazy to not be able to say that I like Trump. It drove, because think about it, it's me. Imagine me not being able to say what I wanted. What was the point of being famous? What was the point of having, you know, millions of people love your music? What was the point of having a voice if you can't even use your own voice and connect it to your own opinions? Yes. <laughs> That's where the disconnect happened. That's where the, quote, um, 
I think wrongly uh, 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 wrongly diagnosed. That's where the bipolarity is. Yeah, so basically they were, they were talking, saying he was crazy, right. um, you know, bipolar and all that stuff. It's because they had a hard time with his message. And right. it goes on, you know, how they're in Hollywood. You know, he said, I had death threats. I had people that said, hey, your career is over if you wow. say you like Trump. And so he said, I was bullied by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And then he talked about his kids, that they're being indoctrinated in the school down there. Mm -hmm. They have a whole bunch of Hollywood elites that go to this school. And they're pumping all kinds of just bad things, you know, uh, wokeness and stuff. And so he's trying to make a stand, you know. And so anyway, it was a good art. It was definitely a good article. And his conversion was genuine. If you watch that whole, um, you know, his entire um, interview, it's a real. He's it's real. I mean, he's telling you the details. It's it was really well done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, another thing that happened in the news: uh, Conich, the CEO of Conich, um, Eugene Yu, the make uh, the maker of Pole Chief. Um, we know he was arrested um, because the the EMS system that housed the personal data was in China. He was arrested, and the countries are uh, beginning to cancel their conage con or, uh, counties uh, in, in America are beginning to cancel their conage contracts um, because of this. So this is huge. Yeah, yeah, this is the first time I've seen it have some traction. Yeah, we know Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips brought that to light with True the Vote, and we talked about it when we initially spoke about True the Vote, and then we spoke about it again during the pit, which was their, their um, gathering that they had of uh, citizen journalists because the FBI um, that they were working with, when they found the information, they went to the FBI at a local level, and they were... Um, cooperating with them and the local FBI said this is uh, serious we can't let this go on for the next for November 8th it's got to be solved and and exposed before November 8th and then the higher-ups we know got a hold of it and uh, the the leaders in the FBI began to threaten them uh, with arrest that is the Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips for bringing this thing, this information forward, and so they had the the pit because they wanted some, they needed help. Uh, they thought they were going to be arrested, and they wanted other um, researchers to come in and and check out the information independently and help them with the information. Yeah, get it out there so that it's kind of like. Uh if you got the, the the dirt, you get it to as many people as possible, so you're not taken out. I mean, they were actually their lives are at stake if they didn't get that information out to other people who can uh, get it, you know, get into the hands of the yeah. the rebellion, the, yeah. the Death Star plans. We need to get them into the hands of the rebellion. Yeah, and I think the New York <laughs> Times had a little backtracking to do too because they basically. Um, uh, accused Catherine Engelbrecht of lying and of being a traitor, and uh, very quickly afterwards, there was the arrest. Wow! It was 24 wow. hours. They said that uh, she was working with the QAnon conspiracy theories and oh, and uh, you know perpetrating this uh, conspiracy theory, and then 24 hours later, the arrest happens, and they had to. They didn't mention that the day before they said that. And all of a sudden, it's like so and so got you know arrested. Arrested, yes. Cottage. Yeah, we're getting we're getting damage control by the mainstream media. They're they're hiding their errors. They so. were caught red-handed, totally. lying, absolutely lying, yeah. and doing fake news. Right. I mean, you could two, you show the two uh, the covers, you know, and say, oh yeah, this day they said yeah. it's a conspiracy. This day they had to admit. It's like people need to wake up. You need to catch them yep. and hold them accountable. That's and we need some justice department that will step up and some um, uh, district attorneys or <clears throat> AGs in states who are going to stand for the people on this. So it's got to go forward through the justice department. Well, uh, speaking of lies and the media, um, Rob Roos, a Dutch politician and member of the European Parliament, said uh, this week that um, in a COVID hearing that Pfizer, the Pfizer director admitted that the vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission. Yeah, and Europe more than any other place, um, he's a Dutch, as it says, he's a Dutch politician. They were stuck with the narrative. They, they have a lot of that um, of socialism in their culture and that, uh, that getting vaccinated was really the, the good thing to do for your neighbor. Um, and now it's basically that 
that coercion, kind of the social coercion was a lie. Uh, And Roos tweeted, he said, if you don't uh, get it, we were told it was antisocial. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. And now we're finding out it's complete nonsense. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. This passport led to massive institutional discrimination. Yep. People lost access to essential parts of society and millions of people worldwide were forced to get vaccinated because of a myth that you do it for others. And so there was a lot of that posing and that um, uh, socially you're just trying to show off. Peer I mean, pressure. a lot of people, the peer pressure, yeah. a lot of people, they were on Facebook showing they had their, their uh, jab for the good of others. And now we're finding out that that, that wasn't even scientific. Well, and the NIH and the director of, of Fauci's boss, uh, Dr. Francis Collins, told the major church leaders, well, listen, if you're not willing to feel comfortable telling people to get vaccinated, just post on social media, hey, I got my vaccine and put it like, point to it right so that you would put social pressure on your people and there was an elaborate like Mm pre-planned campaign to get all of the church leaders I mean that's what I care about the most is that those who should be leading us into truth were leading us into lies because they were believing the big narrative rather than actually questioning it and then putting you know moving their congregations and their you know as a shepherd leading their sheep off a cliff that is an abomination. Yeah, God. that's gaslighting, isn't it? That's yes, for sure. Propaganda and then trying to get others to believe the propaganda. How many people can we, you say, lead him off the, a cliff like the Pied Piper? I mean, it basically is full deception. And we know there's seven stages of gaslighting. So if we keep our eyes on what's going on, that uh, when we are independent thinkers and going against the narrative, we're going to get some pushback. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, some of the costs of that and what it looks like to stand up and really speak truth and what it takes. But in gaslighting, um, let's just go over a few. What is it? What is it? The seven stages of gaslighting? In gaslighting, it's a funny stage, uh, funny terminology. Uh, It's about uh, coming, getting the population to start being mesmerized into the propaganda. So they're all kind of repeating, you're getting sleepy, you're repeating the lie, and it's that that uh, deception. And it's, it's like a form of witchcraft and sorcery, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah, I, that's for sure. And so the first thing is you lie and you keep lying and you exaggerate the lies. And then you repeat it. That's number two. And you repeat it some more. Escalate when challenged. So you'll notice when the voices, you don't actually have any defense, but you get very defensive. Mm. All the same, your voice escalates and you start um, pointing fingers at people and, and or mocking them or accusing them or bullying them. And you wear out the victim and they are victims. So it's, um, it's much of what, you, I mean, if you look at what the media did to Donald Trump, that was, he, they were trying to gaslight, they were trying to gaslight all of America, but they just were wearing him down and accusing him and saying a narrative that was a lie in many different ways. And then um, there's, there's the um, form, it's a form of codependent relationships. And so you get with others who believe the same thing. You, you are in an echo chamber and you don't uh, get any other words that might not follow the narrative in there. And when and you short people, you use bots. There you I, go. That's right. That's exactly what the, the, blue, you, the blue crew does. Or you censor. Don't you? Or, or you? So that the that. you silence the dissenters, and so it sounds like there's really only one opinion. And if you're not one of the opinion, you're you're wrong, or you're you're not cool, or or you're ridiculous. You know, a lot of it is you're ridiculous. Why would anybody think that you're just stupid, or or why or trust the science? You, you have these little these little coffee cup sayings that uh, really don't mean anything, and then you give false hope. You know, if you get the, uh, Ron, if you get the vax, vaccine, you will um, keep your parents from, from getting COVID. You're, you're going to do the right thing. And so <laughs> that, kind of, um, that kind of thing, a false hope. So you're, you're getting people gaslighted with, with thinking they're doing the right thing. And then 
The last thing is when that doesn't work, and this is what we want to watch for as we come against narratives, because in California, we're on the front line, domination and control, and things can get very ugly. And that's what we saw with BLM. I mean, violence comes and um, control comes, and, um, you know, this this Thanksgiving will be, um, it, it will be, I mean, it's hard for me to believe this, but... Uh, it, it's a thousand days of shutdown. Wow. wow. From from uh, stop the spread wow. for two weeks two of, weeks. of oh, emergency it orders. It's for your own good. Okay. That's just two weeks. No, just two weeks. Well, you know, it's funny too because I was just listening today. I think um, Rob Carl- Carlson's show, he was talking about the Joseph Stalin actually coined the term uh, disinformatia. Right, the disinformation campaign, and that was done by tyrants, you know, to control the beliefs of the people. That so that's it. it, it what it is is it's a massive psyop. It's a, it's witchcraft. It's it's lies after lies after lies to to woo people into you know and and really what it's coming down to is is the, what we're talking about tonight. It's a stronghold. You know, lies become strongholds in our lives. One of the things that we do when we do counseling. And when we counsel people who are struggling um, with demonic strongholds in their lives, we ask them, what's the lie I'm believing? You know, yeah. what, what is the, because mm-hmm. the, the lie is the stronghold. The lie is the, 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 the force or defense that's been built up in your mind that keeps you from believing the truth because the Bible says the, the truth sets you free. So lies keep you bound. That's the contrapoint positive of that, right? Lies keep you bound. So anything that's keeping you bound, anything that's keeping you from understanding or coming to a realization of the truth is a stronghold. And um, Marxist regimes, fascist regimes, totalitarian regimes are masters at this. And they literally get the people, they call them the um, useful idiots to do their bidding mm-hmm. and because they've, they've, they've brainwashed them into believing, you know, not believing what is true, but believing what they're telling them to believe. Uh. That, that would be the brown shirts in the Nazi party, w- wouldn't it? It's, yeah. it's the teens that are sent away to camp and told uh, that their parents don't know what they're talking about. They need, to, they need to spy on their parents. They need to turn them in. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole, uh, the, the useless you know the those that are expendable and tonight we really want to talk about tearing down strongholds and preparing yes. uh preparing us for action because we're com- we're 4 weeks to the election and we really don't have any time to dilly-dally around this is this is um it's action time it's time to get up and and take a uh, take a stand with those that you believe in and to help out those who need help. But we want to uh, tear down strongholds and get ready for this action in the last four weeks before the election. Yeah, you know, speaking of strongholds, you know, I came across a book. I have a friend who uh, who, who teaches, and he he had a, a book, and he went through this series, and it, I really had a hard time with it. And so as a result, I wound up getting him a book which I think you read, uh, yep. and it's uh, from Eric uh, Metataxis. And yeah, Eric Metaxas, uh, he's, written, he's written 14 different books in, on the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's got a book called um, Is Atheism Dead? And this recent one that he just released is called A Letter to the American Church, and it is phenomenal. And the guy is a, he's a, a specialist. I mean, he's an expert in Dietrich Bonhoeffer, William Wilberforce. He wrote a book about him. He wrote a book called Seven Men That Changed the World. Then he wrote a book called Seven Women That Changed the World. And so the, you know, this book that he just released is basically a cry, like a, a cry in the desert from, from, from like John the Baptist saying, you prepare the way of the Lord. A cry in the desert saying, one crying in the desert saying, American church, you must wake up now. If you don't wake up now, you do, you're going to lose a ton of things. And so his book is phenomenal. I, yeah. So this book I, I, I gave to this, uh, this friend of mine, and he said, hey, I would like you to read a book that gives me my perspective. And his perspective, I interpret it as, is being uh, neutral on all things. Don't take sides with anything. Don't offend. And as a result, it was very frustrating. And so I, I gave him that book, and he gave me a book by Charles, or no, actually by Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley. It's called Not In It to Win It. Hmm. And we went through the series, and I had a hard time when that we went through that series at the church. And so, uh, 
I, I, I read the book. I finished it actually yesterday. And, you know, these are some of the strongholds. Um, yeah, yeah. I purposely didn't write notes until I was done with the book because I didn't want to build arguments against the book to where I, I, it would blind me or bias me so much. So I said, what stuck out? And then I kind of reviewed, uh, reviewed and, and pulled the things out. Oh, yeah, that's what. And so basically it starts off saying uh, things... Um, basically, we live in a climate right now, and there's two buckets, and you're either red or you're blue, hmm. you know, Republican or Democrat. And so uh, instead of being in the center, you uh, start to take sides. And so some people will take one side, one, one will be the other, and that's division, and that the church should not be divided. And, and I agree, it should not be divided. Um, you know, and then there's a culture war versus Christianity, and that the other side must be evil. And so we view the other side, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, as the other side, they're evil. And what we, we tend to do is we say they're less moral than the average person. They've done a lot of studies with that. And so we start to see the other side, not dehumanizing them, but demoralizing, I guess, mm -hmm. where they don't have morals. They're not like us. And we start to get in our own echo chambers. So that's kind of like the first two chapters of the book is basically saying that there's a red or blue bucket and you're either one or the other. And then you kind of get in an echo chamber where you see the other side as demon, you know, demonized or not, not coming to their conclusions logically, that kind of thing, right? Right, exactly. Okay. The culture war. Okay. And he goes on to say, you know, that um, the closing uh, or our church is to love others all others. Yeah. And, and he took the apostles, right? You know, a tax collector and you got, you know, a fisherman who's, you know, foul mouth fisherman, that sort of thing. And he put them all together. So Jesus loved them all. So we must. And that was their premise. Sure. But the thing is, is it's not, but we don't. I mean, if you take sides, like, like for instance, I know that you, you spread the gospel. So, so does Chris. Uh, we share the gospel with people all the time. I don't mix. I don't start talking about Donald Trump when I'm out uh, washing clothes for the homeless. I, that's I talk not your about, primary message. That's not my message. But that doesn't mean that I can't be involved in things that are very important that influence culture and influence people away from God. I want to, uh, you know, so, so, so Andy made these, these assumptions that, oh, if you're, if you're very political, then you're not, you compromise the gospel. So that's called a straw man argument. Yeah. You, per, you create a form of Christianity that nobody believes in and then you attack it. Yeah. Then he goes over the, the history of Rome, how it was overtaken by Christians. Right. And, you know, they turned the other cheek, they were martyred and all that stuff. Right. And yet they ultimately overcame it. And so he's using that as his, his kind of his, his model. Christianity took over the Roman Empire without firing a shot. But the Roman Empire was completely evil. And Christianity had almost no influence. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely different situation, right? Yeah, you I didn't mean, have a Christian body politics. American, America is actually based on the scriptures. Like the entire body politics is based on yeah. a, a, a people who believed in the gospel. So it's a different animal for sure. But I, yeah, I, I mean, even even uh, Paul, the apostle Paul in Romans, he talks about the list of things that people are doing and saying these things are deserving of death. But he's not in a position to enforce anything because, you know, they don't have a Christian body politic right. anymore. So, but he said, well, anyway. Uh, that's another issue. But then he goes, you know, kingdoms and conflict. Uh, okay, I did that one. Boycott. Don't boycott. He says they don't work, you know. To stop boycotting, you know, companies that do this and that. And it's like, well, actually, I'm not going to put my money into things that support things that are against God. Yeah. That's, that's a principle. Now, wasn't this book written pre-2020, though? No. Uh, I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know. I just was exposed to... I think it's a book that was written before the pandemic. See, for me, that... No, it wasn't. He talks about the pandemic. He talks In the about, book? Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, he does. He does. Oh, so, gosh, man. Um, yeah. So, it, basically, the premise was, uh, if, you're, if you're political, you're in it to win it. And, and you're not in to, to share the gospel, but you're in to win. An argument. Win an argument, yeah. We're the winners, you're the loser. And we're, our ways are right, your ways are not. And so there was a lot of assumptions, and, and that that is not the way it's done properly. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at this, people like like Chris, you know, you're an intercessor. By staying on top of the news items and, and the evil that's going on and pointing it out and exposing it like Ephesians tells us to do, but you also intercede and you pray against those strongholds. And tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Well, I, I notice what's going on. Um, Jesus said in First John, he said, uh, well... John tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Mm. And so when you see something that is obviously evil, uh, you need to do something about it. You have the ability to, do, to confront it um, in, in the natural, which I think is part of our job mm. to influence and to push back darkness and to say that isn't right. 
And to, to make sure your no is no, we're, we're, we're supposed to have strong yeses and strong no's. And to know what is going to lead to life and what is going to be a death structure in our society. Something like abortion, that's a death structure. Something like the transgender that is going to, um, it's going to undermine families. It's going to ne neutralize reproductive ability. It's going to confuse people. That's a death structure. When you know um, the life structures, and they're the, the biblical worldview, God, God says choose life. They're the things that bring blessing, and the death structures bring curses. So you, you confront them in the natural, but in the spiritual, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against a very real principalities and powers and authorities in, the, in spiritual places. And there is a very real demonic world that has a chain of command. And so uh, we confront them. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now he gave us delegated authority and we're learning how to walk in that authority. And we do that when we, we realize that we've been given his authority, we can pray against uh, those demonic structures. And so uh, he says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we bind things from having influence. We loose things from our territory um, and we, we, make, we notice those. We, we make decrees, mm -hmm. like governmental decrees, very much like Esther. Uh, King Darius said, write a decree. Her husband said, write a decree to counter what the enemy is doing, what Haman wrote, and speak that decree. And so in, in, our voices in the spirit have influence. They are, it's like quantum physics. And so we, we address those spirits and there's, there are heavenly uh, angels that come to our assistance and uh, we are in a spiritual war and we are the solution. Our voices and our stance on good and evil are the solution. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I believe that we are to, the first step of, is to actually do the spiritual warfare. Like, don't, talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. And that's I think good. that's what you're talking about, Chris, is you're actually taking authority. You're, you're, you're all right, aligning yourself with heaven. You are, the Bible says that you're actually dispatching angels. Like there's a passage in Daniel where literally Daniel's praying and an angel comes and says, hey, I was, I was, resi I was resisted by the prince of the power of, of the air, but I was, as soon as you started praying, I was released to come. So that gives us an open door to what's actually happening in the supernatural realm that literally our prayers enact archangels and angels and forces, uh, uh, protective forces, messengers. Angelos means messenger in Greek, angelos. So we, when, we, when we agree with the messages of heaven, we release messengers to go to different places. So that's like the major step. That's like the most important step because now we have, we're reinforced by armies of heaven. But then there were, we are supposed to speak to men and we are supposed to call out sin. I mean, when Paul was in, um, you know, when he was out in the mission field, um, he actually, there's a guy named Bar-Jesus, they called him Bar-Jesus, um, and he was like a Elymas who was a ma magician. And he was, a, this magician was opposing the people from hearing the, the truth of the word of God. And he was seeking to turn the pro-counsel away from the faith and not to believe in God. And so Paul, um, who, you know, Paul was there filled with the Holy Spirit and he fixed his gaze on him and he said, you are full of all deceit and fraud. You are a son of the devil. You are, you're, you're an enemy of all righteousness and you will not cease to make crooked the, 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 the ways of the Lord. Like Paul like forcefully confronted someone who was using ma ma magic and persuasion and psyop and control to deter people, these people were being deterred away from the gospel by the, you know, he was, this, this magician was trying to turn the pro-council away from the gospel. So he called it out. So, I mean, Apostle Paul, and most of us aren't as righteous as Apostle Paul. We hope to be, right? If he, that's how he handled confrontation, he called it out when it was wickedness and darkness. Even Jesus said, you know, to the Pharisees who were making the laws, you guys are whitewashed tombs, you're, you're full of dead man's bones on the inside. So there's this concept sometimes we have of Jesus like he's just a sweet little hippie who's poor and he doesn't really do anything like no dude he was a ferocious lion in how he spoke I mean there's actually places in the where where scholars have taken Jesus's words and they took them back to the Aramaic and they actually found out that Jesus spoke in in, in rhyme so he was debating people and he was actually doing it almost like a rapper like in rhyme hmm. so he was deconstructing sin and error and evil and wickedness with a, a with a tongue that they could not refute 
how much more should Christians be doing the same? Speaking the truth in love, mm -hmm. but deconstructing lies that are in our culture. And that's what Matt Walsh is doing. I mean, Matt Walsh said, listen, I'm not going to back off. Cutting off children's genitalia so that they can live in a fantasy world that they're a different gender, that they can never come back to, is evil. It's wrong. It should not be done, and I'm not going to back down. And if they tell me I need to apologize, I'm not going to. And if they try to cancel me, I'm not going to be canceled. That is evil. This is the type of thing that American church needs to stand up against and say, this is evil, and I will not tolerate it. And then you know what happened? Vanderbilt University Medical Center stopped performing gender transition surgeries on children because Matt Walsh spoke out against it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so strong. I mean, we talked last week about uh, Pastor John MacArthur, and he wrote that letter to Newsom, and it was directly, I don't know if you've seen the billboards that uh, were put up in the seven uh, red states of Texas, Indiana, Ohio, South Carolina, oh, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. I mean, I am embarrassed for our state, but basically what it said was uh, it showed a woman in handcuffs with the handcuffs behind her back wearing a white dress as though there was a lot of innocence to her and, and it would say whatever the state was, like Texas doesn't own your body, you do. Learn more about abortion and then there was a website and then it said a Bible verse and it quoted Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself, no, no greater commandment is there. And that was on the billboard and then there was information of how children and women could find the procedures and the providers and financial aid. Well, that is the evil that MacArthur, wow. he confronted and he said to Newsom, he he's, uh, said that as you are promoting the slaughter of children in the womb, it's reprehensible to use scripture to validate it by twisting the words of Jesus to gross blasphemy as though he's in favor of butchering the unborn infants. And he said, your soul lives in grave eternal peril. One day, not very long from now, you will face that reality because it's appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment. Now, that was a confrontation. Yeah. And it was very appropriate. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. He, he misquoted the Bible. He misquoted Jesus. Like Jesus said, love the, this, is the, this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So it literally was a misquote of Jesus and then a misapplication of what he meant by it to, and putting on billboards. I mean, talk about, I mean, what did Jesus say? Woe to you who caused one of these little ones to stumble. One of these little ones who believes in me to stumble. It would be better if you had a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea than cause one of these little, little ones who believes in me to stumble. That's exactly what Newsom's doing. And John MacArthur called him out on it. And hey, it's in the public debate. It's in a public discussion you know, we, we have to publicly say this is wrong yeah. and we're not going to stand for it anymore. But the church has been systematically silenced and, we, it, and that's what Wake the Bear is about, is waking up people from these lies and these strongholds. Well, you're, you're going to get too political, Ron. You're too political, Chris, to be, a, to be a Christian. Christians aren't political. Don't you know there's a separation of church and state? I'm like, okay, I've heard you people say that. Do you, do you actually know where that phrase came from? Because most people don't. That phrase came from a letter from, you know, uh, from a letter from jo uh, Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist Association, assuring them that the government wouldn't control churches. The government wouldn't control, and they wouldn't make an official denomination, the official religion of the new nation. But it never said, like, you can't have church involved in, 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 in ethics of, that come from your belief in God involved, because that, it would go against everything else that they wrote. In the, right. in the Declaration of Independence and all the other stuff they wrote about. It was cheap, uh, to keep government out of church, not church out of government. Right. You know, and so, uh, so uh, I'm going to ask you, Brandon, a couple of questions because uh, there's two more points of that book. Okay, And Go for, I yeah. want to see how, how you would uh, respond to that. One is that uh, Jesus came to lose. He gave his life. And everybody wanted him to win and be that Messiah and take right. charge and, and correct the government and all those things, but instead he came and he gave his life. That's one of them. So how would you respond to that? that this was Andy Stanley's position, yeah. that we should, as the body of Christ, do what Christ did. Amen. And Jesus came for a mission that you and I can't accomplish. 
He laid down his life. No one took it. He laid down his life for the salvation of the world. That's a specific mission that Jesus had. He didn't come to be king. He didn't come to, well, now, he is king. Uh, but he's he did, coming to he's be He's coming to be king. But his first coming was a coming as, a, as on a donkey. There is a time where Jesus will come back and kick butt. Like, it literally says his eyes will be blazing fire. His hair will look like it's on fire. There will be a sword coming out of his mouth, and he will judge the nations with righteousness. Judgment is coming. Now, Jesus came to first lay his life down, but judgment is coming. In the, in the return of Christ, the judgment of, of, of God is, the wrath of God is coming. Now, granted, if the wrath of God is not upon you if you repent and turn to Jesus and confess him as Lord, make him the Savior of your life, walk in his ways. Now, are, are we to be Christ-like? Yes. Are we to um, lay down our life for other people? Yes. But that's a decision you make between you and the Lord, how you do that, how you live that out. And you can't do exactly what Jesus did because that was the one mission that only Jesus could do, which is give his life you know, to death. Yeah, yeah, no. That, that. Yeah, I mean, the cross was the greatest victory in all the earth. He certainly did not come to lose, did he? And there's a difference between his servant form of leadership that he exemplified and losing. Mm -hmm. yeah. He certainly didn't. Lose. He went into hell and he grabbed back the keys of death, hell, and the grave from the, from the usurper, Satan himself, and he came up through the grave. Mm victorious and now he sits seated at the right hand of father which is definitely a place of victory isn't it and Absolutely. he says and you too are seated there be seated in heavenly places in ephesians 3 so i, I think victory is our um it's our heritage and he because he went low we can be confident in the, the things that we bring. He is, a, a, he is El Gabor. He is the, the God of war. When you see him in Revelation uh, 19, he has, he has Lord of Lord and King of Kings on his thigh tattooed um, and with a sword in his hand. And so that is the offensive weapon that we use is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And I just want to say one more thing about that, that, that point. So Jesus told us how to pray. He said, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. The whole mission of the body of Christ, which is the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, is to bring the kingdom of God to, to earth and to, to bring that kingdom of God to all seven mountains of culture. One of the things that the church's job is, is two things the church's job, he, he gave these two pictures, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So we're to light, light brings truth, it exposes the evil of darkness, it shines light on the wickedness, you know, it, and later we know that it conquers. And then the other one is salt is to stop the decay of, 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 of the earth. Like the, the, the de they use salt to stop decaying the meat. Right. So our job is to bring light and to stop decay. So the way we do that is if, if we have been given the ability to make a vote or a decision or to work in civic government, we our job is to be a sustaining force of salt and light. If we don't do that, we hand over the responsibility to someone else and we actually hand over this world to the enemy, to Satan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think one of the arguments I had against uh, that point in the book was, you know, the, uh, Andy's also talking about Old Testament versus New Testament. But you know, when the Old Testament was written, it was one of the things was to establish how a government should run. How you run a government is different than how you run a, a personal individual life. Mm -hmm. You know, where to turn the other cheek. But as a government, you have to enforce law and rules. Sword. So if somebody murders, the government's not going to be like, oh, just turn the other cheek. It's okay. Mm. Right? It's like, no, there's consequences and for law and order. And so there was totally different writings. And so you're merging the two if you're assuming Old Testament. Because he was also talking about, you know, there's a lot of war type talk in the Old Testament. You know, the enemies of God and the chosen. And, mm -hmm. and then here we, we have no enemies. And we don't on a personal basis right but a, a country then again still does it has borders it has all these things that you know so that was uh that was definitely the the two points was war type talk and um and jesus came to lose everything and so i think yeah i mean i, I always say this over and over again people are never our enemy that's right satan's our enemy and people that are under the influence of satan are controlled by the enemy but they're not our enemy God loves them. He wants them to know him. 
and we and, and he wants them freed. So our job is to speak the truth and love to them, so that they, they, the, those who are captives can be set free. Uh, but there are people who are pretty entwined with sin and destruction, and that don't they don't want to be saved. And that you can't you can't make people do that. Right. So that's a work of the Holy Spirit. We can't be the Holy Spirit for people. Mm. So. But also, if you truly love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth. truth. For instance, the vaccine, that's not a popular thing. And we question the narrative, you know, just because the CDC mm -hmm. said something and it looks like we were correct. Yeah. And in being correct, we may have saved lives by telling people, hey, this is what's in the vaccine. People are dropping dead all over. All you have to do is look at the, you know, the sports. Uh, I think they had one this week, you know, professional Jeez, sports. A professional football player dropped on the field just yeah. out of nowhere. Well, that never happens. U.S. He wasn't hit. American. Yeah, American football. Oh American goodness. football player. The uh, the D Detroit Lions. Oh my god. A defender uh, was a cornerback. A defender was defending. He just like barely got touched and fell flat on his face. Yeah, well, it's went happening out. all the time. So, you got to wear a thousand. And we've of them. we've seen you know, I've seen like I've seen fifty videos of like quality athletes all around the world dying just unexpectedly, falling down with heart failure. And did you know that this this week, the Florida, um, the uh, the in Florida. The um, Surgeon General recommended that men ages 18 to 49 do not take the yeah. vaccine anymore because it's Praise causing mitocardia. And then you know what happened? Twitter banned him. Twitter banned him. Yeah. His tweets. He became been banned. I, this, the Attorney General, the Surgeon. I mean, excuse me, the Surgeon General of of an entire state was banned by Twitter because he said it, we do not recommend people get this vaccination. Yeah, I just want to re read a line out of uh, Mario Morella as far as um, his book, Do Not Leave Quietly. And I've talked about it before, but we're talking about politics. He said, once and for all, let's kill the excuse of not getting political. We didn't start this fight. We didn't become political. They became spiritual. They jumped into our yard. And that, that's so true when, when they, they talked about um, their, they, they, um, that the, the liberals want to have a voice in our families. They want to have a stronger voice uh, as far as schools and government than, than the parents actually even have. And it says, now let's see... Um, what would you do if, you, if the schools expelled your young daughter from being, being a Christian? Would you just stand there and, and uh, not do anything? What if she hadn't done anything, a bad behavior, and she was expelled just purely for her beliefs, pure and simple? And he goes into saying that uh, by the time that um, you get to that point, you've already gone down the slippery slope of giving up your rights at other levels. And so it's really, there, there's a way to do things in society that they're breaking down right now. And we need to challenge those things that are death structures and that are, are going to uh, come against the structure of family, health, those things that, um, that create uh, the confidence and identity of our children, the ability to have good education mm -hmm. and not garbage in our school. Uh, so we, we need to take a stand on what is right, what is wrong, what is good and helpful, and what isn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to find out. I mean, obviously, when that book was written that you were reading, Ron, about, um, written by Andy Stanley, you said it's written after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, after in, the, in the pandemic, because he talks about, like, hey, I got... I got um, accused by people in my own congregation about the whole mask thing. He's like, mm -hmm. we were in a pandemic. See, he bought the lie. That's right. the thing. Had he been a watchman on the wall and been questioning discernment, you would you would have seen yeah, that. And there's the a discernment. There's a segment of the church that has been on top of it from day one. They're like, we know what this is about, and they yeah. they recognized it. So I think he's just had. He got blindsided. Well, he's probably one of the people that uh, Dr. Francis Collins went to and said, you know, you really, if you really love people, you need to tell them to wear their mask and get the shot. Yeah. Dr. Francis Collins yeah. pr propagated the propaganda of the government to the major... So he was a target. Yeah. See, the biggest churches, if you can get the biggest churches to agree, that's how you move culture. See, this is the thing. This is what Satan does. He, he's, he's been co-opting, taking over... All of our institutions, our mm -hmm. schools, our medical institutions, all of our... Our uh, mega churches. Mega churches. Everything that has influence, the enemy is... The enemy realizes that we're supposed to be the salt and light and to influence these. And if we don't influence them, Satan has no problem with that. He'll go ahead and influence them the way he wants them to be influenced. And, and the Marxists and the socialists and the communists 
the fascists are doing that. The totalitarians are playing the same game now that they played in the 1930s, that they played under Stalin and Lenin, under Mao, under Mao Zedong. The same totalitarian, they're doing the same, they're, they're using disinformation. They're saying, you, you, we'll tell you what's true information and what is not. And Facebook said that. Oh yeah, well they're just our opinion checkers. They're not actually really fact checkers. Under a court of law, they said they're just our opinions. Right. So, yeah. so there, does, that's the way communism has always worked is it controls the flow of information and we have that going on right now. Six mega corporations control all the media in our country. Six yeah. mega corporations. Yeah. And they're saying, don't believe those other smaller groups independent. Those guys are misinformation. We're, believe what we tell you. Yeah, and I wonder what Andy Stanley would say about SB 107 in California. Uh, that And the church didn't rise up. It's, it's how the transgenderism, uh, we are now a sanctuary state so that uh, children from out of state can come here and get hormonal oh treatment gosh. and surgically um, get their, their gender changed. And if they come without their parents, it actually protects the children and says they will become a ward of the court a ward of the state of California and they will be protected against their parents from other uh, other states so that I mean that is despicable. despicable and and so had the church stood up in California and said we are not going to agree with that that's not what we want when we should have we wouldn't have this um, and it wouldn't be requiring some sort of judicial uh, turnaround to happen because it, uh, as of right now January 1st it's going to be implemented as law in our state. Well, look what happened to PayPal this last week, and we got it for only a few minutes left. PayPal said, we're going to be able to take $2,500 from your account if we just deem what you're using as mis spreading as misinformation. Everybody went, oh my gosh, we are no longer using PayPal. PayPal lost billions of dollars yeah. in a week. What would happen if the church spoke out against this bill uh, about mutilating children's body parts Come to California and get your body parts mutilated by us because no one else will do it for you in your, your, your backwards country, your backwards state. That's evil. So this is the time for the church to rise up, the church to speak out. We got four weeks till the, the, the midterms. We have four weeks. It's time for us to start speaking out. And what I want to do is we want to put on wakethebearradio.com, wakethebearradio.com, wakethebearradio.com. Go on there and look at the voter guides people that you should be voting for who vote your biblical values because a third of Christians don't even, aren't even registered. You need to get registered and you do use your voice. Yeah, amen. As we have our closing song coming up, I'm just going to read off some names uh, to, to vote for or at least consider. A governor would be Brian De Dolly, uh, Lieutenant Governor Angela Underwood-Jacobs, Controller Lee or Lanhee Chen, Attorney General Nathan Hockman, Secretary of State Robert Bernofsky. Uh, State Superintendent of Public Schools, Lance Christensen. Treasurer, Jack Guerrero. And U.S. Senate, Mark Miser. AM 1340, KOMY, La Selva Beach, Watsonville, Santa Cruz. A service of ZBS.